0: I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. While you're turning, where are my ladies from Mary's house? You here today? I love you. So glad you're here with us today. Cheering for y'all and glad to have you here today. Matthew chapter 20. We're learning about the kingdom of God. Today we're going to talk about the God who is not fair. I wanna make an announcement. The creator of this universe is not fair and I'm gonna make another announcement. I'm glad he's not. He is not fair. We wanna look at the unfairness of God today. Matthew chapter 20. Now, when Jesus said, I will speak to them in parables, over and over he spoke in parables, which parable means two stories in one story. Para, side by side, two stories in one story. And Jesus always speaks to us in parables. So you got a story, but the main story that's written is not the big deal. That's just the lead in. It's the story in the story that we're looking for. And he over and over spoke in parables. So we see these stories that he tells to teach us about life and the kingdom and, and ourselves. But you've got to find the story in the story. So we're going to look at one of those stories this morning. You think, what has that got to do with anything? but it's the story in the story we want. So we're going to read this parable and let him talk to us about our lives and about himself. And this is Matthew chapter 20. This is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Matthew chapter 20 verse one says this, the kingdom of heaven is like, let's freeze right there. What's he fixing to talk about? The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, which is how God works in the earth. How, how we live in the earth. He's fixing to show us something great here. All right, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Why did he do that? Harvest time. They, he owns a vineyard. They've been growing the grapes, they've been taken care of, and all of a sudden, bam, harvest time. Well, you can't pick them by yourself when it's harvest time. So what they do, and that to this day, they'll go hire what they call day laborers. Even in the city we live in, there's a place downtown where day laborers gather and if you're a construction manager or something, and you need people to work for a day, you just drive down there at seven o'clock in the morning. Guys will be standing around. And you say, hey, you want to work a day? And if they say, yeah, well, here's what we're going to do. And here's what I'll pay. And if y'all agree on it, they'll come to work for you. It's called a day laborer. Or we'd call it, since this is picking, we would call it a migrant worker. And so this guy needs some migrant workers to pick his vineyard, pick his harvest for that day. Verse two, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, He sent him into his vineyard. All right, so he goes see him. And how much does he agree to pay him? A denarius, which that that doesn't mean anything to me and you, but that would be a standard day's wage in that day. All right, what is a migrant worker? A lot of our crops are being picked in North Carolina right now. What's the average wage in North Carolina for a migrant worker? It's $12. $12 an hour is what the average migrant worker makes in North Carolina. I was at the eastern part of the state Monday and uh, pulled in the gas station, pickup trucks loaded down with watermelons. And Hispanic men had been picking them things. I got to talk to them. I said, it's hot out there, isn't it? And they said, how would you know? You ride them down in air conditioning. They'd been out picking them watermelons all day. And the average wage for a migrant worker to pick crops in North Carolina is $12 an hour. Of course, you're going to see these people back then, they worked 12 hours a day. They worked from 6 in the morning to 6 at night. I may be thankful to be an American. We work 8 hours a day. All right. And so the average wage for a migrant worker in North Carolina, we're going to use this number, $96. All That's 12 times eight. So he agreed that I'll give you $96 if you'll pick my grapes today. So they all agree. They get in a truck or whatever, and they take off. They go picking. All right. Verse three. He went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you go in the vineyard and whatever's right, I'll give you. So they went. Why did he go out then? Now, the third hour is nine o'clock. You know, start at six. He went out at nine o'clock because his manager told him we got more grapes than we realized and we're not going to get it in today. You got to go get some more help. So he goes back to where the laborers are. And he said, I, I need some help. And uh, he tells them, go in there. All right, the Bible said in verse four, he said to them, you go. Verse five, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour did the same. Apparently he had no idea how many grapes he had. So he goes out at 12 o'clock. He goes out at three o'clock because they're not getting them in. And he's, he keeps trying to find help out here to get his grapes in. They want him in today because they, they got to ship them or whatever. So he goes in, out at three o'clock and finds them. Right. The Bible said this, uh, verse six, he, and about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle in the marketplace and said, to them, why you been standing here idle all day? Well, what's he doing now? His, apparently his manager came to him and said, look, if we could have just a little more help, we could get it done about four 30. So he goes out at about 430. He says, I just need a little bit of help for one hour because they quit at six. And, uh, and why are y'all standing here? So he's trying to get more help. He wants to get this stuff in. So you see, he just keeps going back and forth trying to get some help here. All right, verse seven. They said to him, nobody hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. See the word right. It's the Greek word for fair. Did he agree with them on how much he'd pay them? No. He said, he said you get in a truck or go in the field and whatever is fair, I'll pay you what's fair. All right. How many of you would take a job not having a clue how much you're going to make? Well, they said, he said he'd be fair to us. So they they get in a truck or they go whatever to the field. All right. Verse eight. Evening came six o'clock. Owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers, give them their wages, but line them up last to first. That's sort of a strange request. He was going to get his cash box out, put it on the tailgate of his truck. He said, pay them. But make sure you line them up and pay them in the order of who worked the least. Pay the one-hour workers first. Sort of an odd request. All right. And uh, I just said, we're going to do that. And verse 9. So when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they received how much? $96. You know, they, they line up. He said, "Y'all line up according to how long you work." They thought that strange. They so line up. First guy says, "How long did you work?" He said, "I was just here for an hour." He said, "Here's $96." My goodness, I'd pick grapes for $96 an hour. All right, now think with me for a minute. $96 for one hour's work. You got the line back here. Who's at the back of the line? Guys who work 12 hours. Well, what are they thinking? $96 for one hour and I work 12. That's we're going to Golden crowd tonight. <laughs> I'm going to take the whole family. Well, are we talking about picking grapes here? The kingdom of heaven is like, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven here. We're talking about how God works in the earth here. The, the grape thing is just the story to get us to see the story. Alright, so th- this is good. You got, it's pretty good here. They're thinking now. Alright, verse 10. When they, but when the first came, 12-hour workers, they supposed they would receive more. Let's just pause. Wouldn't you think so? You, you pay this guy who worked one hour, $96. Surely you're not going to rip the 12-hour guy off, are you? Because what does it say? They, they supposed, well, we'll get more. We worked we work, we work 12 hours. We'll get more. All right? They likewise received $96. Are y'all mad? Somebody go ahead and say it. America's favorite phrase right now. Go ahead and say it that's not fair it's not fair let's vote is that fair not even close doc I mean I work one hour and you give me 96 I'm out here 12 hours and you give me the same thing you gave him that's not fair well that's the whole point of the parable that's what he's trying to get us to understand here about the goodness of God verse 12 excuse me verse 11 when they received it they what they complained against the landowner. So now they're whining. So these are American migrant workers. They're whining <laughs> and they're mad. I right, look what they in verse 12. These last men worked only one hour. You made them equal to us who burned the born the burden and the heat of the day. What did they say in verse 12? You are not fair. Are they accusing the landowner of not being fair? Uh, it, yeah, they are. And they're right too. All right, the land, now he didn't have to answer them, but he does. Verse 13, he answered one of them and said, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for $96? He said, I'm not doing you wrong. He said, did we not stand right there at my pickup truck this morning and you told me you'd work for $96? He said, I, I hadn't wronged you. I gave you exactly what you agreed on. Listen, be careful agreeing with God down here. He said, did I, are, are we not what we agreed on? So he said, I'm not doing you wrong. Watch what he says. Now's when we get into the kingdom stuff. Verse 14 take what is yours and go your way. What's these four words? I wish to judge. Is that what it says? Does God want to judge people? What does it say? I wish to give. What did the man say? He said, I, I, We did exactly what I said. I like to give things away. I just love to give stuff. I want to give. People. I would to give to people. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Verse 15. Now we're getting deep. He said, "Is it not legal for me to do what I wish with my own things?" Y'all want to vote? Is it legal? He did point that out. This is legal. It's not fair, but it's legal. Is your eye evil because I'm so good? Does my goodness make you mad? Now, what are we talking about here? Remember, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Are you mad because I'm good? And then he said this, the last will be first, the first will be last. Many are called, few are chosen. Just knock the end off. Many are called, few choose. What does it mean the last will be first and the first will be last? Those who work the least will get the most in this kingdom. And those who thought they'd earned the most will be left holding nothing in this kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. This is how it operates. All right, here are the truths we learned from this parable. Number one, what is fair? What is fair? I, right now, we're caught up in a season in our nation. Everybody's talking about fair. I heard a politician say the other day, we're going to make sure that the rich pay their fair share. What is their fair share? There's no international standard of fairness. There's no book that says this is what fair is. Everybody gets to set their own fair. I've heard people say, well, that's not fair. It fair to me. Let me make an announcement. See, what's fair to you might not be fair to me. What's fair to me might not be fair to you. Obviously, we've got a difference of opinion here. And we're all on this fair kick right now. Everybody's saying it's not fair and I'm not being treated fairly, so forth and so on, yada, yada. And uh, let me ask you a question, though. What is fair? Let me ask you this. Who gets to decide what fair is? Did you hear that word, the land owner? Guess what owner means? All right. Here's the whole point of this thing. these guys go get hired to work for one hour and he didn't tell him how much he'd pay him. He said, you just come with me and I'll be, I'll do right. I'll be fair to you. All right. If I'm that worker, guess what I'm expecting? Yes. I mean, in dollars, what am I expecting? About $12. Cause that's the average wage for a migrant worker in, in comparative dollars. I'm expecting about what the average person gets. <clears throat> what is fair to the landowner? If he said, I will be fair to you, and he gave them $96, that's a warped view of fairness, isn't it? Tell me where he's hiring people at. I'm going. Here's the whole point. You know what fair to God is? I'll pay you 12 hours wages for one hour's work. That's fair. I'll give you 12 times what you've earned. We not only call that fair, what do we call that? I am good. What's the definition? Let me ask you something. Yeah, you know what the word good means. Raise your hand if you know what the word good means. All right, now I caught, you busted. I caught you. <laughs> define it. You'll find that the word good is one of the hardest words to define in the English language. You say, oh, brother, you know, you know, good means good. Well, no, I want you to define it. What is the theme of the Bible? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. What the, what the, what, guess who the landowner is here? It's God the Father. What do He say? Is your eye evil because I am good? He calls himself good. And Jesus said there's none good except one. All right, what is the definition of goodness here? And it's, it's numerous things through scripture, but obviously the definition of goodness here is generous. Generosity. Here's the whole point. He pays 12 hours wages for one hour's labor. You want to go to work for somebody like that? 12 hours wages for one hour's labor. There was that, that's fair to God. To give you a 12 times more than you could ever earn or you deserve, that's fair to him. That's just the way he sees things. Now see, I think 12 hours is fair for one hour's wage. I think $4 for picking grapes in the sun would be ripping people off. That's not fair. 12 is good. 96 is crazy. That's fair to God. Let me point something out to you here. They went to work for him not knowing what they were going to make. The first guys did agree to it, but they went to work for him not knowing what they were going to make. When I began to follow Jesus, I didn't have a clue where we were going. I want to make an announcement of the smartest things I ever did because he is not fair. Golly. If he were to give me what I deserve, I'd be sitting in the hottest corner of hell right now. His goodness to me is not fair. All right. So what is fair? Number two, the legality of his goodness. Now, they started complaining because he, he was not fair. And he asked him a question. It may not be fair, but is it legal? He said, is it lawful for me to do what I want to with my own stuff? Uh, he asked him that in verse 15. He said, is it legal? All right, let's settle this. I just want us to vote right here. Is it legal for God to do what he wants to with his own stuff? Let me know if you're the, how did it begin? This story of a land owner. If you're the owner, can you do what you want to with it? Even if it's not fair? It's still legal. All right, here's the point. here's Here's the good news of this whole thing the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns everything there is. So here's the point. If, if he wants to bless the fire out of me, that's the Greek term, bless the fire <laughs> out of me, I don't deserve it. If he wants to bless me more than he does other people, that's not fair, but it's his. He can do it if he wants to. If he wants to give me great health through my 60s so far, I don't deserve that. If he want, and listen, if he wants to bless me financially, and he has more than, than a lot of people, you say it's not fair. I don't care, it's legal. It's his money. He can do what he wants to with it. Let me, let me tell you something. We, my, my sweetheart and I have a farm. And one day when we croak, we're going to leave that farm to our three children. You say it's not fair. I don't care. It's our farm. We'll leave it to who we want to. Y'all, y'all understand this? You say, well, there are people that deserve it more. Might be. They ain't getting it. They <laughs> say, people need it more. I don't care. It's going to my children. You say, what if somebody sets up a tent on the back side? I'll let the sheriff move them off. don't matter to me. It's my farm. It's our farm. We can do what we want to. It's going to our children. (laughs) They get the junk too. As I told Bubba, like Fred Sanford told Lamont, one day this will all be yours right here. (laughs) But here's the point. Do you know why we can give that to whoever we want to? We own it. I was married 39 years yesterday. I'm going to tell you something. I married the greatest woman on God's green earth. I did. Now I'm not being cute. I'm not saying this to getting her good graces. We're doing pretty good right now. But I just think she's the greatest. I promise you, I do not deserve that woman. She should have killed me in the early years. I'm just telling you, that's the truth. I'm not being cute. She should have killed me. She had no business marrying a fool like me. There's days now when she could do better. You say, well, she, she got ripped off. Yes, she did. But let me tell you something. If God wants to give me the greatest wife in the world, it's not fair but he can do what he wants to with his stuff. That's called good. God is good. I'm not an educated preacher. I never went to seminary. I'm not polished. I say things I shouldn't. I struggle. Why do I have one of the greatest churches in the nation? That's not fair, but I'm going to tell you something. He who owns the churches can pass them out to who he wants to. Do you understand what he's saying here? He is the owner of everything, and if he wants to give it to people who don't deserve it, it's legal. Fine by me if it's legal. This is the goodness of the Lord to bless people. Do you think I deserve to be forgiven? You think I've earned forgiveness? I have earned a one-way ticket to the hottest corner of hell. That's all I've ever earned. Everything above that's been his goodness. I don't deserve that. Let me tell you, you talk about not fair. A lot of people screaming about not fair. Let me tell you what's not fair. This is not fair. When the world's only perfect man is beaten beyond recognition Stripped naked and hung on a cross for my sins. That's not fair. And then when because of his willingness to do that, all the blessings of Abraham come down on somebody like me, that is not fair. Second Corinthians 8 and 9, you know the kindness of our Lord Jesus, that though he were rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's not fair, but it's wonderful. That's the whole point of the kingdom of God is that he... It's legal for him to do what he wants to with it. I might be, does anybody here know who owns heaven? Take a wild guess. No, not the Baptists. The Baptists don't own heaven. <laughs> the Lutherans don't own heaven. Good people don't own heaven. One man owns heaven. Tell me who it is. Since you're going to spend three seconds on this planet, James says your life's like a vapor. You're going to get three seconds on this planet. You're going to spend thousands of years somewhere else. This is a big deal. Guess who owns heaven? One man. He can let in whoever he wants to because he owns it. It's not fair that he lets me in, but I'm going in. Amen. Not because I've earned it, because he is good. Now, if you has to knock on my door and I come through and you say, can I live in your house? Answered be, no. <laughs> you ain't coming in my house. You say, well, I'm a good person. I would say, I don't care. <laughs> you ain't coming in my house. You say, well, I- I'm nice to everybody. Well, go do it. But you ain't gonna do it here. You're not moving in my house. You say, well, you let that little boy live in there. He's my son. You say, it's not fair. I don't care. It's my house. Praise God. Heaven belongs to one man. If it belonged to the Baptist, I probably wouldn't get in. <laughs> Eternal life belongs to the son of God. He says, I give it to whomever I wish. Thank God. The older I get, the gladder I get that God is not fair. I'm glad he's not. My goodness. But it is legal for him to do what he wishes with his own stuff. Number three, God calls every person to follow him. He, he, you notice how that he went to them and said, come with me. Every person that's ever been born since he created every one of us, he calls you to follow him. The Bible said he calls all to repent, means come with him. He calls every person to follow him, to be his sons and daughters and let him be the Lord of their lives. Now here's the question, why? Why does God call us to follow him and obey him and be his? Did God call me to follow him as a young man so he could make me religious and miserable? So that I could wear a coat and tie. And if you like coats and ties, God bless you, I know. So I could dress like that and and be ministerial so that I could never smile and smoke and nothing else. Did he call me to do that to me? Did God call me to rip me off? He's too good for that. What's the point? What's the point? Why did he ask them to come with him at five o'clock? Because he needed them. They helped him a little bit. Can you not see that he called them so he could be good to them? He was planning on paying them $96 the whole time. He just said, come on, come with me, get into my field, and, uh, and I'll, I'll do right by me, not you, by me. I'll do better than what you think's right. Can't you see that he went after him so he could bless him? Can't you see that he went after him so he could just blow him away with his goodness? Guess why God calls you to follow him? So you can work for him? He got one angel could do more than we all could do in five lifetimes, and they don't fuss with him. And you have to clean their messes up. All right, I'm praying one day. I'm sitting here in the Bible. And I'm talking. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this. Know this. If he says know this, we should know this. That the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. How many you believe God created you? You sure you're not just a sack of cells? A biological mishap? Listen to this. I was there when I knit you in your mother's womb. Psalm 139. The only reason you exist because he wanted you to exist today. All right, here's the question Why did he make you? So I'm reading that and I'm praying, and I said, uh, Why did you make us? And he spoke back to my heart. He said to me, Why did you make your children? I mean, Katie and I went three children. We had them on purpose. She said, Why did you make your children? And I just laughed. I said, So I'd have somebody to work for me on the farm. I'm going to make an announcement. I did not have my children to get free labor. At times they thought I did, but that's not why I had my children. (laughs) I can prove it. I got three kids, I went through great colleges. It was over $300,000 just to put them through college. Add braces, automobiles, doctor's visits. I wear Walmart jeans, they wear jeans with eagles on them all through their lives growing up. You put all, add all that up, I got over a half million dollars in my children. How many of you think I got a half million dollars worth of free labor out of them kids? Now, we had good kids. They did everything we asked them to. All our kids are hard workers. But I didn't get no half million dollars out of it. I don't care. I didn't have them to do stuff for me. That's not why they were born. He said, why would you have your kids? And I think about this for a minute. I thought, why why did we have them (laughs) millions? Let me tell you what I've come up with. We had them for three reasons. I had them to love them. I had them to be good to them. And I had them hoping they would love me in return. It's called relationship. Is that not why you had your children? I had my children so I could love them. The delight of my heart. I had them so I could be good to them. And I've been good to them. Katie and I have been good to them. But I also had them hoping they would love me and have a relationship with me. And he said to me, when I said that, he said to me, me too. He didn't have me to work for him. He don't need me. I get to work with him. He had me to love me, to be good to me, hoping that I would love him in return and we could have a relationship for eternity. Can't you see that he went and got these boys so he could do something nice for them? Are we talking about grapes here? We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about the nature of God. That he calls people to follow him so he can be good to them. So that he can bless them. That's why you were created. Why don't you look with me in, in a verse. Look at me in verse 14 again. You know, they're arguing, they're mad because he's so good to these guys. And he said, I'm doing right by you, verse 14. He said, take what is yours and go your way. Watch these four words. I wish to give. That's one of the greatest revelations about God Almighty you'll ever see. He loves to give stuff away. I wish to give. Now we're told in Luke chapter 12 to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all your bills, you like, bill be paid. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Live for what he's doing in the earth. He'll take care of everything. But what's that next verse say? Verse 32, it says this. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's delight to give you the kingdom. How many of you like to give stuff to your kids? Well, you need to start. I mean, I, I just, somebody should, I think somewhere in the Bible it says it's more blessed to give than receive. I'm not sure. I just love to get, I've got the point, I love to give stuff away more than I like to get stuff. Maybe it's because my barn's full. I just love to give stuff away. And when I'd buy my kids presents for whatever, I just would be so excited about giving it to them. It cost a little money, but the joy of giving them things was far greater than a little bit of money it costs. You understand what I'm saying if you're a parent? I'm in Missouri one time traveling. My son, he, he was grown then. He was about 18 months. Uh, maybe it, he might've been two at the time. And I said, two years, he was two. He was two, I said, he's old enough for his first gun, two years old. And I'm in this place and I saw a Daisy Red Ryder BB gun. Now, those of you who don't know, that's a boy's comp- That's his right of passage. That's what young boys always start with in the country. Got to have your Daisy Red Ryder BB gun. You shoot the wind out and then your mama takes it away from me if you did, he gave it to you. <laughs> I seen that thing and I said, he's old enough. Two years old. Two years old is way past time for a boy to have a gun. Bought him that Daisy Red Ryder BB gun, put it in the truck, got back. I couldn't wait to give him that thing, and I, I just had the best time. Of course, he enjoyed it. He never shot anything with it; he wasn't supposed to. Had the best time. I just love to give stuff to my children. What do you think it means? Fear not, little flock. It is your father, fathers, fathers' good pleasure to give good things to his children, to give the kids. It's just the heart of God. He just loves to give. He's looking for somebody to give something to. Let me tell you something. No matter how much you love give your children, listen to what Luke chapter eleven says. Ask me. I'll give it to you. If a son asks for bread from a father, is he going to hand him a rock? How many of you're like, say like your wife's gone somewhere, your little boy comes down for breakfast, said, Daddy, I'm hungry. And you pour him a bowl of rocks. Yes, that's a stupid, I don't even want to hear that. What did Jesus say? A good father's not going to give his children rocks when they ask for bread. And then listen to the rest of it. If you being evil compared to me, will give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? The goodness that I have toward my children looks like evil compared to the goodness of God toward me. We've got to get rid of this religious, he's trying to suck the fun out of my life and realize this man wishes to give. I wish to give. This, the kingdom's all about the goodness of God and him giving freely because of his grace to us. All right. Uh, I, got, I got to wrap this thing up here. Now, we've got to point this out in this passage here also. The goodness of God makes some people angry. God's goodness makes people mad. I see this over and over in the Bible. The, the Lord is just good to these people. Let me ask you a question. You see God gives somebody something, and why can't we just be happy for them? I'll never forget, I'm in college. I just started dating my sweetheart, who, who is my wife. You've got to tell that in my line of work. Started dating my wife. And... Uh, we'd been dating a little while and we're sitting in the dorm room one night, some friends and uh, <laughs> somebody said something about Kay and, and this guy looked at me and said, she's going out with you. I said, yeah. He said, why? <laughs> he, he was just shocked that she would go off with me. Well, her daddy was too <laughs> to start with. But, <laughs> but the point is he, he was just, he didn't think that was right. Well, it wasn't right. I was thrilled. There's the goodness of God makes, especially religious people. You know why? Because religion's always taught you this. You got to earn it. If, you're, if you deserve it, God will be good to you. That's not the God of this Bible. That's the God who's fair. The God of this Bible is not fair. He pays 12 hours wages for one hour's labor. And then he sends the bill to his other son. Jesus became a curse so that we could be blessed by God. And it bothers people and they, they get upset about it. Sort of reminds you of a guy over in Luke chapter 15 who when his wicked, evil, sorry, whore-hopping, no-count brother came home and the father was good to him, he got mad. He said, I have obeyed you. I've worked for you and why are you being so good to him? You know what the bottom line is? Let him be mad. You just stay glad that God is not fair. You just praise him and thank him for his kindness, and his goodness and his grace. I gotta quit, but I gotta point something out here. I wouldn't be doing you right. You say I'm all about a God who gives that ninety-six dollars an hour. Show me where to sign up. Where's the recruiter? I'm all about a God that's that good. There is a catch. I knew it. You preachers always do this. You always set it up and then you jack us up at the end. (laughs) We sure do, don't we? There is a catch. Did you notice the catch in there? Here's the catch. I want you to look with me at the catch in verse six. He went out the 11th hour, five o'clock, found others standing idle, said to him, why you been standing here all day? They said, nobody hired us. He said to them, go into the vineyard, whatever is fair or right, you will receive. And we found out that what was fair was $96. For one. He said, I'll just bless the fire out of it. I'll be good to you. But <clears throat> what did they have to do? Did they have to become religious? Did they have to go to church? What did they have to do? They had to obey him. He said, you got to get in a truck. You got to go pick grapes. They did have to obey what the man said. You said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. This was too good to be true. Listen to me. The grace of God is too good not to be true. They had to obey the man. They, They didn't have to become religious. They didn't have to quit smoking. I don't know if they smoked back then or not. But what they have to do? Follow me to my vineyard and do what I ask you to do and I'll bless the fire out of you. It was a, sounds like a deal to me. Uh, it's not about how many people do I know they will go to church, they'll be good, they'll be nice to their neighbors, but that is not saying to the King of glory, I will follow you. At heart level, I, whatever you say, I'll do it. I surrender all. I'll obey you. My dear friend J.L. Williams, who left me here? He said, You know, I was young. We went through seminary. We had our, our plans. We love God. We had our plans. Me and his wife were going to be missionaries to the Philippines. And he said, We ended up in Burlington, North Carolina. I ended up doing all. He said, He has just jacked our plans all around. This is not what we planned on doing. You know, we had our, life. we were going to serve God. We were going to be missionaries and be good people and treat people right. And he has just, he has shipped me all over the world. I didn't plan on him doing this to me. Dillon's it's not about being it's not about being good. It's about saying, Thy will be done. I will follow you. He said, so when I was young, I just stood up to him and I said, Fine, I meant it. And I told Pastor, when I meant I said, where you lead me, I will follow. What you feed me, I will swallow. Where you bed me, I will wallow. As best I know how, I will follow you. I'll just do whatever you say. I'm not planning on being religious or spiritual, or I don't even care if I preach or drive a truck. Doesn't matter to me. But I've made up my mind if that man tells me to go to the vineyard, I'm going. That, that's the, they're just the, it's the bottom line. So, what is, what is, let me tell what is the deal with this human thing that I will take this ship to the bottom of the ocean before I'll let somebody else drive it to a good place? What is it about us? Well, what is it about us that? I'll give money, I'll, I'll cooperate, I'll smile, I'll sing, but I'm going to drive this boat. I heard perhaps the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life is a bumper sticker that said this, Jesus is my co-pilot. You, you, that's malignant dumb right there. You just don't get no dumber than that. <laughs> you look up here, he's not your co-pilot. He ain't even going to ride with you. We've seen what you can do. That's not Christianity. That's American religions, what that is. And by the way, I don't know who that is sitting with you, but it ain't the Jesus of this Bible. You might better look under his mask. <laughs> the man said, come to work for me. I'll be the boss and I'll treat you fair. And did he treat them fair? He blew them away with his goodness. Right, here's, here's, here's Christianity. You pull over to the next safe place. You tell him, you get behind the steering wheel. Get behind the steering wheel and you go get in the trunk and lock it. (laughs) I have decided, y'all ever heard this song? I have decided, y'all ever heard this? I have decided to ride in the trunk. (laughs) I don't know what it is about this one thing where we just will not say... There's, it's okay to tell Him you don't like it. I've told Him many times, I don't like what you want. It's okay to say that, but then you got to say what Jesus said in the garden when He said, if there's any other way, let's take it. But nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. I promise you, He will not rip you off. You will rip you off. You go to work for Him, He'll pay you $96 an hour. I mean, obviously the picture is He'll just bless you beyond measure. And He'll be good to you if I follow Him. Not to mention this. I found this out. The reason I didn't want anything to do with God is because I saw religion growing up and I thought He just makes you miserable like them people. Let me tell you what I found out. When I decided as a young man decided to follow Him, let me tell you what I found. I delight to do Your will. Your law is in my heart. And if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Here's my quick testimony and I'm done. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a religious person. I, I got some rough edges. I've been very honest with you about that. I, it's been a good while since I've given anybody the finger. I'm doing real good about that. Matter of fact, I was thinking the other day, you know, it's been 20 years now. Yeah, I'd been, I was a preacher then. And that, and that was a spontaneous finger. I, wouldn't, I didn't plan on it. You know what I mean, a spontaneous Spontaneous finger. <laughs> I was riding my motorcycle one day and a a lady almost killed me. She almost ran over me. And I just remember without, I didn't even know what I was doing. She went by me and I thought, hope she don't go to my church. (laughs) I've spent 20 plus, well, 20 plus years now since I've given anybody the finger. I did not cussed nobody out in years. I'm still a little rough around the edges. I'm not very religious. I'm not polished. But I'm going to tell you something. I decided years ago, as best I could, I will do what he says. I will obey him at heart level. (laughs) And I did it because it was the right thing to do. Let me tell you why I do it now. I do it now because I have learned about this guy. He'll bless you beyond measure if you'll just do what he tells you. All right, i got to tell you my wrestling story. I think I've told this before. I'm 60 some years old. I can do this kind of stuff. <laughs> Buddy and I, we grew up, he lived in an apartment near my house. We'd hang out over there. He, he could drive. I couldn't. He was older than me. And... Uh, Johnny Weaver lived beside him. If you remember championship wrestling years ago, George Becker and Johnny Weaver were the good guys. Championship wrestling, yeah, a lot of of Johnny Weaver. And they'd they'd whoop the mask bolos and people like that. And Johnny Weaver lived beside him in that apartment. We're out there one day washing this guy's Volkswagen, washing his car. And Johnny Weaver pulls up and as he's going in, he says, y'all wash mine when you get done. That's all they said, just walked in. He didn't say, I'll pay you. He didn't say two dollars, nothing. He said, just said, y'all wash mine. When you get, he walked in the house, and we got, I said to my buddy, I said, let's wash his car. We, we'll take a picture. I mean, you know cell phones back in. Had the old brownie, you know, take that out to film. I said, well, let's wash his car. So we scrubbed his car good. I mean, we cleaned it up good. Went in the house, spent the night. We got up the next morning, came out. And that Volkswagen, it had one of them racing steering wheels. I don't know why. but had holes in it, and there was a $10 bill rolled up and stuck in that hole in that steering wheel. Johnny Weaver got out that morning and put that $10 bill in that steering wheel. Oh, that don't mean nothing to you. We're talking 1973 here, Doc. $10 would buy two teenage boys all the beer they could drink in a day, plus McDonald's, (laughs) plus plus money to play the arcade. $10 was, I mean, $2 was car wash money back then. He stuck $10 in there. I thought, man. I went to the apartment that evening I saw Johnny pull in over there. I made a beeline to his door When he got outside. I said, he said, yeah, I said, thank you so much. He said, you did a good job. I said, you need anything else done? You want your trash took out? You need your house cleaned? How about your gutter? We ain't got no gutters. Anything you want done. Let me tell you what I learned. Do what the man tells you to do. He'll bless you beyond measure. You'll be begging him for something to do after that. That's the whole point of this parable right here. Follow the man. You'll, be, you'll begin following him because it's right after a while you'll say, is there anything else you want done? Pour his goodness out on me and show me his great kindness. I'm telling you the point, I'm going to say it again, four words. Is your eye evil because I am good? I wish to give. He's looking for somebody to bless. You need to sign up. You need to get in his vineyard and you need to pray the great prayer of the saints. We might just pray this together today. You ready? Where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. And that means more than food. I didn't mean for you to repeat that. Why is he throwing that in? Where he beds me, I will wallow. So deal right there. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you so much. I didn't have my kids so they'd work for me. I had them so I could be good to them. Where did this lie come from that you call people so you can rip them off? You call people to be good to them. Right here in this parable, you you hired this guy for one hour and paid him $96. Where do I sign up, sweet Jesus? Why do people not follow you? I think it's because they don't know you. They don't know how good you are. Thank you for your word that shows us what the kingdom of heaven is like. That shows us what you are like. I pray for every person in this room, every person listening online too that they will hear the heart of God and they will sign up and say, I'm headed to the vineyard. I'm going. I want to praise you and thank you that you own everything there is. I thank you that you own the new earth for eternity. And I want to thank you that you let me in. I did not deserve it. It's your goodness, not my goodness. I just pray you go around the room now and draw people to the Son of God. All right, friend, it's time for us to pray. If you're seated in here today, and you've never abandoned your life to Jesus and received Him as your Savior and Lord and friend and King, and you've never put Jesus in the driver's seat, this is the day to do it. The way you do it is by, is from your heart. With the heart man believes, the Scripture says. Whoever calls on me will be saved. You've got to call on Him from heart level. And you've got to do it in humility, but you've got to do it in faith, knowing that He'll hear your prayer. So I'm going to help you pray right now. If you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you want to follow Him, be forgiven of all your sins and become a child of God and be blessed beyond measure and follow Him. Let's start right now. Pray a simple prayer. Pray in your heart. Pray it with me right now to say this, Dear Jesus, You are the Son of God. You died on a cross for me because You loved me. But You rose from the grave in great power. Today I follow You. I receive You as my Savior, the Lord of my life, and my love. Forgive me of all my sins. I confess them. I turn, and I take you today. Teach me how to love you, walk with you, listen to you, enjoy you, follow you. Take over, dear Jesus. Thank you for hearing my prayer today. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. If you prayed that in your minute, raise your hand real high where I can see it. All over, raise it real high. Thank you. Put those down. I give you the praise and glory. Thank you that you're still riding around. Still calling people to go into the vineyard and so you can be good to them. Thank you for the goodness of the Lord. When it's all said and done, at the end of the day, and we all stand and we see everything clearly, the only thing we'll be able to say is, we'll oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Let Jesus be glorified in our lives, our hearts, our homes, everywhere. We trust you for that. And I just want to pause. Lord Jesus, I don't know if this did them any good, but it got to me thinking about how good you'd been to me. I just want to say thank you. I just want to pray you have blessed the fire out of me in every way, financially, health, friends, family. I just want to praise you and thank you because of the goodness of the Lord and your great kindness. We give you all the praise and glory. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.